Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here alongside great friend of the podcast, great friend of mine, the co-managing editor over at Brew Hoop. Mitchell Maurer is back. It's been a little while since we hung out. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I feel like I might have slept uh, <laughs> since yesterday, which was the, the general election in the U.S. Um, it's, it's still not all the way resolved, so I'm still kind of uh, a little on edge about that, but I'll tell you this much. I'm really happy to have seen the invitation come through from you to talk about Bucks basketball and, you know, not focus on, you know, the future of America. You know, so, something with a little bit more importance, let's say. I will say this. When I messaged you last night, I, I think it was around midnight my time. And one of the interesting things about being in Australia through all this is while uh, you guys have been up literally all night and my Twitter feed has just been the same people uh, up all night. Shout out to Dan Schaefer in particular in Milwaukee there. Uh, it was Hi, all Dan. day for me. So I feel like by the time I messaged you at midnight, I don't know why I was thinking about Locked On Bucks, but I was my head was like not where it really where it was. It probably should have been. I've been staring at my screen. I felt like for the last... 18 hours along with you guys, except it was just all in the same day. So I was glad you responded. You were up early and I appreciate it. Yeah, likewise, likewise. So as far as basketball goes, we're going to go through a fun little exercise here that I'm kind of stealing from my friends over at No Dunks. Shout out to fellow Aussie Lee Alice, who was on the podcast about a year ago now. Uh, they had an email come through and it was, I've, I've twisted it a little bit, but essentially what we're going to be doing here is we're going to go through a free agent signing that you would love, a free agent signing that would be dumb, and a free agent that would be returning to the Bucks. So it's going to be fun. We're going to get into that before we do. It looks like, and we keep updating this from day to day, it looks like the NBA is going to be back before Christmas. Yeah, the news is, uh, I, I wouldn't say shocking when you consider how the league took every precaution with the bubble to maintain health and wellness and safety uh, with COVID, you know, having no end in sight with the pandemic. Um, but at a certain point, you know, the bill comes due uh, always, whether it takes a little while or a long while. And uh, they, the league seems to have a vested interest in maintaining their financial standing, uh, I'm sure, with their TV partners and with their other, uh, other organizations around that you know, m- make a great deal of money for the league and therefore for the owners. Um, I can't say it's a shock to see them try to rush things, but, uh, but yeah, it's, we're going to have a really truncated offseason. Things are going to happen really quickly, <laughs> especially if you know, the draft is already, what, two weeks away about? from today and then what we're gonna we're gonna have training camps start at the beginning of december and then right around christmas is gonna tip off the season it just it's gonna go fast it's gonna go really really fast i don't know if that's a good thing it's going to be really interesting, particularly one of the off seasons that as far as the Bucks go, perhaps one of the most important they've had in recent memory as well. We're certainly going to go through this a little bit more, probably 
on tomorrow's show. Before we dive in to this activity we want to do today, I do need to ask you because uh, talking to Bucks fans, interacting with Bucks fans, I'm just curious as someone who also has an emotional attachment to the franchise, are you ready for Bucks basketball to start again here in a few weeks' time? I'll be honest with you. I think I am. And it's because I, I really want to, A, I would love to move on from the second consecutive playoff failure uh, with, you know, not even making it to the East finals this time around. And so I'm very eager to see what the team does to respond and what the team does to build a winner around Giannis. By the time the season starts, we'll know for sure whether or not he's signed the Supermax extension. Cause I think that he's only able to sign that until the season starts and then it has to wait till the next off season. Uh, and so at the very least, when the season starts and we get to back to playing meaningful basketball again, we'll have that question settled, whether it's, you know, set a long term or just kick down the road for next off season remains to be seen. But at the very least, we'll have to, we'll have a little bit more def- definition around there. And at that point, it's all about the games. It's all about, you know, building momentum and figuring out what you can do differently to avoid, you know, another letdown in the postseason. And, you know, third time's the charm, hopefully. I'm with you. Uh, I'm kind of fine with the fact we're going to get rid of all the dead period of the offseason. It's just going to be all action from now on. So I'm absolutely ready for that, particularly as someone who hosts a daily uh, Bucks podcast. But let's dive straight into this. A free agent signing that you would love. Now, of course, just to be clear, some names that we've certainly discussed a lot on the podcast, whether it's Drew Holiday, Victor Oladipo, obviously not a free agent. A trade would have to happen there. So they're not exactly included in this activity, just to be clear. But who did you have as a free agent signing that you would love? So I think it goes without saying that if the story about Danilo Gallinari is true and that he is more interested in finding himself a spot on a winning team that can contend for a championship uh, here at his, his age, I think his age 33 season. If you were able to find a way to get him, uh, having made about 21 mil last season, if he's willing to take a pay cut for the, the most money the, the Bucks can offer is the non-taxpayer mid-level exception, which I think is about nine, nine and a half million. So if you're going to try to convince him to take that, that would be a massive, massive coup. Um, to get somebody with his level of offensive skill and versatility and shooting would, would be absolutely huge. I don't think it's the most realistic. I think there's a bunch of other contending teams that might be able to you know, move some things around to offer him more. But then again, those other contending teams need to have cap space to be able to offer that to him. So I don't know exactly who those teams might be, uh, save for maybe Miami, because I think Miami has uh, enough room to offer some one-year deals. Uh, as they as they pine for the, the off season of 2021. So in terms of overall, like who I'd be the most happy with, you know, Danilo Gallinari is probably the one who would be the best talent on the board. Uh, there's a couple of other candidates though for people that I would like. But what about you? Who's the person that you would love? Yeah, he's actually the guy that I had written down as well. And for those that do listen to this podcast and have listened to it in the past, you you won't be surprised to hear me say that. I think as far as guys that uh, while it, you might not have it at the top of your list for the most realistic that you can acquire, but a guy that you can see a path that they would be able to do that, particularly as you mentioned, if uh, that mid-level is used and Gallinari is willing to leave a few million dollars on the table to play on a team that, I mean, 
whether or not you agree with it, is the favourites in the East. So it should be a very good team. You get to play next to Giannis. There's going to be plenty of opportunities to shoot those threes. Uh, the thing I love about Gallinari, obviously his three-point shooting over 40% uh, percent from three. Again, 18.7 points per game last year. And by the way, only played 29 minutes per game. Bud is going to love that. That's right in his wheelhouse, 29 minutes per game. Bud will be very excited about that. But he doesn't turn the ball over either uh, in the 95th percentile for turnovers uh, and on 23% usage last year with the Thunder, the o- Oklahoma City Thunder offensive rating when Gallinari was on the court was 116 points per 100 possessions, dropped to 100 when he was off. So he was clearly an impactful player in that team. I can't really see a lot of other guys. And certainly if you go down the list, but in terms of big names and guys that I love, there there is not a lot out there this year. It's not a great free agency class. The one guy I would quickly bounce off you here that no one's really spoken about at all. And I, I think the reason for that is clearly because the Bucks appear on paper to be locked up pretty well at the center position. But if some crazy things happen and things change, what about Serge Ibaka? Serge Ibaka makes a lot of sense on paper. Uh, he, he's a very versatile defender. You know, he's a very, a very high IQ player. He does have the range of stretch behind the three-point line. I think his shooting is a little bit more iffy than mm-hmm. other stretch bigs that are out there in the league. But he's still like he's willing to take the shots, which I think is the first step. Uh, obviously the first step towards making them, but in terms of creating incredible threats in the front court to be able to stretch the floor, uh, I think that that would make a lot of sense. I don't know how useful he would be as a four. Like let's pretend that he was available for the MLE, right? And let's pretend that Ibaka wanted to come to Milwaukee because he want, he thought that that was his ticket to, to get another ring. Is he going to be willing to back up Giannis? And does that make the most sense for the Bucks to have him be like, that, you know, big off the bench, kind of similar to what Marvin Williams did in the late season and the postseason, where he's kind of switching between the four and the five as dictated by whether or not Giannis is in the game with him. Uh, you know, maybe that would be a good fit for him. I think at the, his age, he's probably more natural as a five. And with Brooke still under contract for a few more seasons, and Robin has a player option, so he might be back. I don't know if it makes the most sense to, to have Ibaka just because of all the other people that you have and all the money that you're now investing in the center position. But if he's available at the right price, I'm, I'm certainly not going not gonna to turn down a conversation because he does have that versatile skill set that just seems he would fit in any system. Uh, he probably would you know, do well here. He's a very experienced veteran, again, smart player. So, so yeah, I think that uh, I think you could do a hell of a lot worse, that's for sure. So this would be, to be clear, just as I'm, and I'm literally thinking about this as we're talking here, this would be in a situation that I've discussed before on this show, if you traded Brook Lopez in some kind of package, potentially for a Drew Holiday, who we heard today, reports came out that Pelicans, the Pelicans are actually fielding offers, which I'm kind of a little bit shocked by, but that would be mm-hmm. used as an option to replace Brook Lopez if you went down that path, which sure. again... I don't think is very likely, uh, but a, a scenario. Because I do feel if you are going to invest a significant portion of what little money you have this offseason on a player, it is probably going to be a starter. And if it's going to be a guy coming off the bench, it has to be a guy that can get you a bucket. A bucket clearly not in that category. Right. And, and if we're going to go down the road and talking about potential Brook traces, I agree with you. I don't think that the Bucks will trade Brook Lopez. 
I'm not even sure if the Bucks should trade Brooke yeah. Lopez, but what I do know the Bucks need to do is that they need to explore alternative defensive strategies for the postseason. Brooke Lopez is probably the best player in the NBA when it comes to doing his job and performing the tasks that he's assigned to do. Like, there's very few, like if you give anybody the job of doing, you know, performing the zone drop defense and stretching the floor on offense, you, you can't do much better than what Brooke gives you. And with his contract giving him pretty decent market value, I feel like he's the buck that right now has the most trade value to other teams that have guards that the Bucks could use and you know be improved by. Uh, Brooke makes a lot of sense in New Orleans as a center next to Zion and Brandon Ingram if they decide to retain him, um, which I believe they said that they were, but I, I could be misremembering that. Uh, and Drew Holiday would clearly be be a welcome addition to Milwaukee. But in the event that you do that, you then also have to think, okay, well then what are we going to do about the center position? Serge Ibaka makes sense in that eventuality. Another name that I know has been brought up, uh, Aaron Baines, who had a bit of a, an up year uh, he's later in his career. I think he's like, what, 33 or 34 yeah. or something? But he had a really good season in Phoenix. Uh, and we know him well from his time in Boston, uh, getting dunked on by Giannis. But he was at least <laughs> willing to contest those shots, which matters a great deal. So he's, he's definitely got uh, a, what it takes in terms of the disposition for being a physical defender, for being a good box-out guy. Uh, he has also shown ability to stretch the floor. Not, you know, not a knockdown three-point shooter. Like he's not, he's not the, I don't think he's, his percentage is even as good as, as Brooks was two seasons ago, but he's still able to take those shots, which matters. And so I think that if you're going to even entertain the conversation of trading Brooke in order to improve elsewhere on the roster, there, there's more options out there to, you know, basically shore up the center position and make sure that you're not, you know, you're going to lose something from the center position if you trade away Brooke because that's, you know, Brooke is just a special player that's doing his job extremely well, but you can at least mitigate your losses. And somebody like Ibaka, somebody like Aaron Baines, is, it would be a good candidate for that, uh, for that sort of thing. Absolutely. And to be clear, I, and I might be wrong and I might be proven wrong here, but I just do not see a path to the Bucks trading for Drew Holiday without including Brook Lopez. Um, because again, as you pointed to, I think he literally is a guy that makes sense uh, for that Pelicans team. And uh, shout out to Daz at Ewing in Oz. Now this is, this is an Australian a listener that's uh, sent through or certainly a listener uh, living in Australia. Anyway, he's, he asked me this morning about the value of Brook Lopez. So I, I did tweet back at him, but uh, that's a little bit of a note there on Brook Lopez and then how that could potentially change what the Bucks would do in free agency. As far as dumb free agent signing, now, <laughs> you, maybe, maybe the word dumb is a little bit harsh here, but uh, you, get the, you get the drift. We're talking about a free agent here that if the Bucks were to sign him, uh, you would just be like, this is, this is not what I wanted. This is, this is not an ideal usage of the money that we have, of assets that you, you might uh, have to use in terms of uh, clearing uh, salary and trades and that sort of stuff. So who have you got in this category? It's, it's kind of hard to, to think of anybody who would be a particularly dumb signing for the Bucks only because their options are so limited. Right, like the only things that they really can use to sign a free agent are the mid-level exception, and depending on which version they use, they can end up uh, imposing the hard cap on themselves. Uh, the biannual exception, which is only like what two and a half million or something, which also imposes the hard cap, and then like minimum deals. 
So I'm, when perusing the list of free agents, like you have to go through and think of uh, just to put a name, a random name out there. Like Marcus, Marcus Saul is also a free agent. You're not going to get Marcus Saul for the MLE, right? So that's Hassan Whiteside. You're not going to get Hassan Whiteside for the MLE, I don't think. Um, but when you go further down, you get people that are a little further along in their careers that might be willing to take a pretty drastic pay cut. Um, and be willing to come to the Bucks, but that don't make a lot of sense for them. I'm thinking somebody like Evan Turner, who I actually like. I think that Evan Turner is a skilled player and in the right role. You know, he has found success before, but there's also a reason why he's bounced around the league for so long. Um, if Evan Turner, you know, if his representation comes to the Bucks and says, "Hey, you know, my guy is willing to, you know, play for uh, just the the non the taxpayer MLE, so you guys don't hard cap yourselves." Like that doesn't that doesn't do anything for me because he can't shoot. You know, he's, he's a good ball handler, but he's not a guard. He's not a quick guard, and so that doesn't help matters any by further con- concentrating all the ball handling in the front court because the Bucks already have Giannis and Chris Middleton. And so Evan Turner just wouldn't make a lot of sense. Uh, I've also – I've seen some, uh, some suggestions uh, around Twitter for Tristan Thompson to, like, look into him, Ooh. which I just <laughs> I, – I, that doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't need – to focus all my energy on offensive rebounding and, you know, pulling people towards the rim. I'll pull people away from the rim. Because that's what, yeah, like, if I've already got somebody that's good at the rim. His name is Giannis Adetokounmpo. I think you've heard of him. Um, <laughs> so that's just, that's a guy that just doesn't make sense. Um, yeah, it's it's tough because uh, there's so many, there's so many options out there where the, the money just wouldn't work out. Either these guys are going to want more money than the Bucks could afford to pay them if they were worth it. Or there's just so clearly not worth it that it just it wouldn't make sense even like Tristan Thompson on a vet minimum maybe like I'll think about that but I can't imagine that's going to actually work out for anybody. So I'm kind of cheating here, and I, I do want to make that clear because I've got the free agent list up in front of me as well, but. I also really just wanted to have a conversation about this guy because there has been a little bit of talk among Bucks fans on Twitter asking about this guy. He's always been a guy. I sometimes discuss these players that I think you picture in your head are always going to end up on the Bucks. There's some players out there that you always felt that way. Brook Lopez was certainly one of those when he was with the Brooklyn Nets. It always felt like there was discussions about him. There was rumors about him. You just thought he was going to end up in Milwaukee. It happened about uh, six years later than I thought it was originally going to happen. But this guy's kind of in a similar boat. Also a buck killer over the course of his career. He's got a huge, Uh-oh. he's got a huge player option Uh-oh. on his contract for next season. I'm he's not ready for it. Antonio. Uh-oh. His name's DeMar, 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 DeMar DeMozen. No. His name is DeMar DeRozan. Oh, no, you had to. I, I had to do it. Now, this is a guy that averaged 22 points, five rebounds, five sure. uh, assists last year, uh, put up good numbers in San Antonio, does not shoot the three at all. He's a mid-range assassin. There's no doubt about that. Sure. He shoots well in the mid-range, 45.9% on 370 attempts last year. Also can finish at the basket. So if you want to compare uh, him to Chris Middleton, he certainly has the edge there. 68.2% within five feet last year uh, is a really, really good number. And he was getting around seven free throw attempts per game. So this is a guy that can get you a bucket. I just don't see any way that the Bucks. Well, first of all, the reason why I'm cheating is because I don't think DeRozan is going to decline that player option. And if he was going to decline that player option, it would be because he's getting 
more money for perhaps less per year, but more money extended over the next few years. So I don't see any way that that's happening, particularly in the financial climate that we're in right now. So that's why I, I think the Bucks yeah. would actually have to trade for him, and it doesn't make any sense at all either way. But people are talking about it, so I wanted to have the DeRozan conversation. I, I sure wish people weren't talking about it. I don't want to be <laughs> talking about it right now. Like, he's 31 <laughs> years old, so he's, he still has time to get a short-term, like a two- or three-year deal that, you know, a team can delude themselves and think it's going to be good value. And I don't even care that he doesn't shoot threes well. I think his, his three-point shooting is, like, marginally improved since his days in Toronto, but he's still in good. And even, like, everything with, you know, mid-range shots being bad, like, that's not exclusively true. Like, if you're a good mid-range shooter, like DeMar DeRozan, like Chris Middleton, or, uh, or like DeRozan's teammate, LaMarcus Aldridge, like, a mid-range shot isn't necessarily a bad way to end a possession. But also, like, yeah, if, he, if he's going to turn down that player option, his player option is worth $27.8 million. And if he is going to come to Milwaukee, right? Like, let's just say that's what he's got his heart set on. Let's just have that conversation. He wants to be a buck. He wants to, you know, try to get a ring because he never got a ring before. You could do worse for players that could – I mean, I don't even know if I would want him to start. I really don't because he's not a really adept creator. He's not going to necessarily pull attention away from Giannis or Chris. Uh, he can definitely set up his own shop, but him, he's more of an ISO guy, isn't he? So, like, if you're going to get him as, like, your, your sixth man, sure, that'd be great. Like, I would love to, I'd love to sign him as your sixth man. I'd love to sign, you know, I'd love to sign Hassan Whiteside on a vet mid and just use him in, like, every 10th game when he cares about playing. You know, like it just it just doesn't it doesn't link up. It just does not make sense. And especially if he's if he's ever going to share the floor with Giannis, he has to be able to shoot threes. Yes, he doesn't. So that's kind of a disqualifying factor right there. It kind of just ends the conversation before it starts. Yeah. So you really got to the the, the only point that any Bucks fan needs to worry about right at the end there, because if you're acquiring a guy like Demar Derozan, we've spoke about the fact that the Bucks need a bucket getter, and they need a guy that can get you a bucket. In, in isolation, DeRozan can certainly do that. 1.13 points per possession in isolation this year, which puts him in the 92nd percentile. He's an incredible isolation scorer. He always has been. Chris Milton, just for reference, 0.98 points per possession. He's in the 73rd percentile. And then Giannis, 0.9 uh, points per possession, even lower. But if you're acquiring a guy, a bucket getter, a scorer, a ball handler, as we've, we've spoken about, you're doing that because you want to be able to amplify the impact that Giannis can have when the defense closes down in the, cl- in the uh, clutch, in crunch time, in the postseason. And if you put DeMar DeRozan on this team, the only reason you would be doing that is because you want to play him in that fourth quarter lineup. You're going to have him next to Chris Milton and Giannis. It's not going to work. There's going to be no space. And you can't put uh, Giannis in the pick and roll with DeRozan because no one's going to respect his shot. This is a guy that only attempted zero, a half a three-point attempt per game last year and only knocked down 25%. He doesn't have a three-point shot. There would be no space. It simply does not work, even though he is a guy that can get a bucket alongside Giannis, which is the main point of this. It's not just to get a bucket getter so you can uh, put Giannis in the corner and not give him the ball. You need to get players that will help Giannis be the guy uh, that uh, we, we've seen him be during the regular season that we want to see happen in the playoffs. DeMar DeRozan isn't going to be the answer. Yeah, like underrated Bucks free agent signing to be DJ Augustine, who clearly is the answer 
at uh, backup point guard when you need somebody who can create a shot. Uh, we've seen DJ Augustine do it against Milwaukee enough times that uh, I should have brought him up in the previous segment where, uh, you know, signings that you would yeah. love because I don't, I don't think that it could, you can have a Lockdown Bucks episode and not somehow find a way to mention DJ Augustine. Like, I think that just goes back to the original bylaws for when the podcast was really <laughs> created. Free agents signing that would be returning to the Bucks. And to be clear, we've had plenty of time during the NBA hiatus over the really the whole of 2020 to discuss former Bucks players. So there's millions of them. You could literally go a million different directions here. Where did you go here? I'm very, very interested. So there's tons of options. Most of them ended up playing for the Detroit Pistons over the last two years. <laughs> um there's, I mean, there's lots of people that fit this description. That would be a lot of fun. My, my first, so my first, my truly, my first thought when you brought up was Brandon Jennings. That's because I am an unabashed, <laughs> unapologetic Brandon Jennings stan and always will be. He's not in the league anymore, so he's he's not eligible for this. Um, but I actually am going to go with John Henson as the guy that I want to see come back, and Maybe. here's why. And, and, I, and I'm going to get rightfully dragged for this. You know what? That's fine. Focus your negative energy on me. It's going to be more productive than whatever else is drawing the attention of your negative energy over the coming days. Um, so consider that a favor I'm doing for you. But forgive me for my memory, but correct me if I'm wrong, but John Henson was playing pretty well in limited minutes uh, on his last season in Milwaukee before he got traded to Cleveland under butt like he was starting to show off a little bit of a three-point shot and he i mean he, he can't box out to save his life so we're not going to expect that from him but like it is his numbers in limited time were actually pretty good he was spacing the floor a little bit like he's a beloved locker room guy i would of all the former bucks that are out there that are still in the league that are still viable players that could be a contributor like he, he's the guy that sticks out to me is like you know what if they're going to win a ring which of course is what the goal is and what they want to do. Like, I'm I'm thinking, who's the former Buck that I'd be most happy to see at that ceremony? And like John Henson just stands out as that guy. I feel that for one reason because I always said that whatever happens with Ersan this off season, I'm probably going to be upset because if the Bucks ever win a title, I really need Ersan to be a part of that team. If you, that's very much you going with the heart, which I 100% respect. Uh, certainly, you know, maybe I could go Dally. Maybe I could go Thon Maker, my guys, my guys from Australia. But I've also gone for a Pistons big man. Frank would be very proud of me for going down this path. It's oh. Christian Wood. It's Christian Wood because he's a free agent this year. I'm actually expecting that a team is going to pay him, whether it's the Pistons or whether it's even the Knicks offer Christian Wood. Like he, he strikes me as the perfect Knicks candidate to give huge money this offseason. No with, question. With, yeah, no with question. All, absolutely. With all this salary cap space they've got, I feel like Christian Wood is destined to be the next uh, New York Knicks face of the franchise. But if Christian Wood was willing to, and again, uh, I, I did hear Kevin O'Connor mention this on a podcast going back about a month ago about Christian Wood potentially taking the mid-level and just waiting until the financial system, uh, situation settles out a little bit and then cashing in. It's incredible to think that he's still only 25 years old. But last year, 13 points, six rebounds and a block per game in 21 minutes. That works out to be 22 and 10 per 36. He shot 38% uh, 
from three on the season on two and a half attempts per game. Uh, when he was on court, the Nets had a net rating of plus two in, a, in roughly 1,300 minutes. It was minus 8.4 when he was off the court. We know the Pistons suck. When Christian Wood was on the floor, they were at least competitive. And I think if Christian Wood was willing, and again, this is, this is totally a path you would go down if uh, you made a trade for Drew Holiday. But just imagine in your head, if Brook Lopez was no longer in the Bucks, but you had Drew Holiday in your starting lineup, you still had Chris Middleton, you still had Giannis, you could run Christian Wood out there, uh, playing some minutes at the five, he'd be blocking shots, he'd be dunking, he'd be getting out in transition, he'd be knocking down the threes. Seems like a pretty fun player to pair next to Giannis. And I know there's still a lot of Bucks fans out there that have some love for Christian Wood. Yeah, the, the, the Woodlands are not necessarily empty. We know that for sure. And yeah, he'd be, he'd be a ton of fun. But I feel like you already mentioned it when you, when you talked about his uh, reported interest from the New York Knicks. Christian Wood strikes me as a guy who can score 23 points a game for a team that wins 23 games a year. <laughs> he's just – he's not consistent enough on defense. He is not disciplined. Like part of the reason why he bounced around so much as a younger player, like he, he played with what, like three or four different franchises before he finally got a shot in Detroit and credit to him for developing his game, developing his body, uh, particularly his strength. That was one of the things that was really uh, a knock against him is his lack of physical strength playing as a big man. Uh, he really shored that up in a, in a big way in Detroit and was a productive player for them. And he deserves to, you know, try to cash in on that contract. If he wants to take a one year deal, at the mid-level exception, I just I feel like the number of mistakes that he makes on the floor still because he's just he's not a disciplined player. He's he's very instinctual, and a lot of times it's good, but a lot of times it isn't. I I just I don't see it. I don't see it actually working out. It's it's a great trade for two K. I'll tell, I'll say that much. That would be a tough team. That would be a tough combination. Christian Wood and Giannis on two K. And again, I think I've given away what's in my heart in regards to what would be the perfect scenario this offseason. It's clearly Drew Holiday because I keep on coming back to him with every single scenario that I bring up. I would love to see Drew Holiday in Milwaukee. But I I will mention this. I I have to mention this guy's name. Shout out to Snell Season, uh, by the way. But Tony Snell, a a free agent. I mean, much respect for that guy. Everyone loves him. Clearly, he was overpaid in Milwaukee, but he's a free agent. Someone saved that man from Detroit. Again, much loved in the locker room. Great friends with Giannis. Maybe Tony Snell comes back on some sort of small deal next year. Yeah, now you're talking. He's the sort of guy that you could, you know, maybe you're certainly not going to be able to afford uh, what you uh, previously gave him in a contract extension. But if you were able to come to terms financially, like he's a very, he's an accurate three point shooter. He is a pretty rangy defender. Um, you know, he's, he's got great length, good height. I think he's what, six, seven or something with an even longer wingspan. Um, and his, his teammates loved him. Absolutely loved him. Fans didn't get to see as much as they would have wanted because he was, you know, historically pretty, uh, you know, pretty shy with the media, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah, I think, I think, I think Tony Snell would be somebody that everybody can agree on. Tony Snell is like the, the consensus option. Like, you know, Christian Wood, oh, I'm not consistent enough. Or Delhi, oh, Delhi can't really shoot and is getting old. Or Thonmaker, Thonmaker is not really an NBA player. But I think Tony Snell, if you, if you, if you were just trying to, like, process of elimination, I think Tony Snell is the one person, the one former Buck that all Bucks fans can agree would be a good candidate to return. Uh, and, you know, he would even be, you know, potentially a positive player in limited minutes. 100%. 
I think that uh, coming into this podcast, I thought this was going to be a pretty fun exercise to do. And I think we've had some fun here. I do want to say uh, for all the listeners, I'll put something up on Twitter and I'm sure you guys, as always, will interact with it. But let us know. Well, who is the free agent signing you would love? Who is the, the dumb free agent signing? And who would be the returning buck that you would love to have on the roster for the season, which is starting in, uh, yes, about six weeks' time, we believe, which is pretty ridiculous to think about. Mitchell, uh, always good to catch up with you. I appreciate you uh, in this uh, kind of strange time taking the late call and jumping on. Hey, I'm very happy to be here. You have no idea. All right. We'll leave it there. We're going to be back tomorrow. As I said, probably tomorrow, particularly when it comes to the financial ramifications, there's still some news coming through in regards to the season. We'll touch on that a little bit. As I always say, you can hit us up at LockedOnBucks or LockedOnBucks at gmail.com. Uh, we will leave it there. Mitchell, uh, you can catch his work over at brewhoop.com for me. Uh, most, most of my uh, ridiculous stuff is on Twitter at Kane Pittman, but also uh, occasionally do some stuff for the ESPN and NBA.com. Uh, stay safe out there. Uh, try and relax. Try and get some sleep if you can whenever you have the opportunity to get some sleep. And we'll speak to you guys tomorrow.